welcome to the Difference Maker podcast, the show that highlights chartered accountants who are making a difference either in their industry, company, or for social good. A podcast created by CAW Network USA. I'm your host, Brafney O'Donnell, and today we're going to talk to Amir Dasal, who highlights the roles and opportunities for accountants within the United Nations. And he outlines his advice for accountants looking to adopt CSR initiatives into their strategy to make a difference. It's a story that always sticks out in my head. Uh, it's it's a really interesting one. And how did you go about planning how to use those funds? A lot of money there involved. How How do you determine where to invest those monies? Yes, it was not easy uh, because, of course, there was a lot of euphoria. There was a lot of excitement that suddenly the UN is getting an additional injection of $1 billion. Uh, So what we did was we devised a program where we, working with Ted Turner and his uh, then wife, Jane Fonda, we developed areas of focus, what kind of what areas that might be of interest to him. His intention was to see how he could address the gaps on women's equality. So we focused on women's equality issues, women's empowerment, children's health, protection of biodiversity, uh, protection of world heritage sites, for example. Uh, And also we focused on women's health issues, uh, especially uh, pregnant women, for example. And the other thing we put a a little bit of money aside was to help with some humanitarian causes such as disaster relief and so on. And that gave us kind of a group of target areas. And we reached out to the entire UN system to see if they had ideas and suggestions. So it became like a competitive bidding process, internal competitive bidding process. And we also put in a system where we said, fine, if you want to do a project, please tell us how you will leave something behind in the country where you operate. And please suggest if there was a local NGO or a local partner who could be empowered. And therefore, that's local capacity building. And that turned out, uh, as it so happened, to be a very good approach because it ensured there was some element of sustainability in those projects as well at the end of the day. And we had to do these projects in consultations with the recipient governments. So it wasn't as if you would operate in a vacuum, uh, like a top-down approach, but it was like a shared value approach, a partnership approach. That's, that's amazing. And with those projects, it's not just a straight ROI evaluation, it's the long-term value that these projects essentially brought to those countries. How difficult was it to measure that and to get agreement on those? Yes, sir. That was the biggest challenge, in fact, uh, because the ROI is not just the economic ROI, but the social ROI. Uh, so we, if we had to look at how we were impacting people on the ground, what we call stakeholders. How, 
on a simpler scale, if we were doing a vaccination program, how many, let's say, children were vaccinated? How did the health, health improve? So that would be an outcome long term. How did it impact their mental agility, their education process, and so on? So it was a long term process, as you rightly pointed out. But it helped us look way down the horizon to see how we can create sustainable development around the world. Amazing. And can you speak maybe to one or two of the projects that you have established with the Global Partnership Forum and talk a little bit about their success? Yes, yeah, so Global Partnerships Forum we set up after my, quote, graduation from the United Nations uh, way back in 2010. And it became clear that in those days, we had the Millennium Development Goals, what we call the MDGs. And, and the SDGs, which today exist now in the 17 goals, uh, came into being in 2015. So we decided that uh, probably the best way we can channel our energies is to help countries companies, civil society, as well as uh, entrepreneurs and innovators to come together to find ways of investing in social good projects. So as, as you said, uh, how can we create social impact? Uh, admittedly, not all projects lend themselves to an economic and social benefit all the time. Some have a social impact, some have economic impact, but actually, if you exclude some sectors, such as alcohol, firearms, tobacco, and gambling, all of the other programs, all the other sector areas, one way or another, have an attendant impact, positive impact on the sustainable development goals. If you are doing research in uh, biotechnology, you're trying to find cures, either prevention or curative like vaccine development or uh, medicine development, that's creating healthy lives. If you put together uh, infrastructure capacity in schools, you're helping children go to school and learn better. If you can provide safe drinking water, and, and sometimes, uh, and you can, if you uh, do it water, let's say water by meter and so on, you make money, but you also do good. You provide safe drinking potable water for the poor. Uh, and so on. So every aspect of the SDG lends itself for you to do well and do good. And according to a report originally produced by UNCTAD, which is the UN Conference on Trade and Development, the SDGs provide a 2.4 trillion, I mean trillion dollar opportunity per year for the private sector to invest and find a rate of return. So our focus has been, how can we build these initiatives that can advance social good? Amazing. And how has COVID impacted the work that you're doing with the Global Partnership Forum? So COVID actually uh, changed the thinking of some people. Obviously, we're talking about an invisible enemy, which we are slowly but surely finding a cure for and a solution for uh, through prevention, uh, through vaccines, development, and 
through curative exercises. What it also did was it made people realize that we cannot sit still and sit back and pray that it'll go away. We need to do things that can, if you like, address the negative impacts in our society. So uh, there's been a mushrooming of innovation and entrepreneurship. And what we've been doing is focusing and, and trying to guide some of the innovators and entrepreneurs on how they can leverage their expertise or how they can leverage capital by using their expertise to do good. Whether it is in, 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 in fact, has been, for example, in one case, uh, a group out of the UK came to us about the idea of using unutilized aircraft, so spare capacity in aircrafts, to use it and convert them into ICU centers, uh, isolation centers, and hospitals and treatment areas. So working with the airline industry, for example. Um, another group is looking at ways of how to use unutilized hotel capacity as a barter system to transfer that to those in need, provide temporary housing, but in exchange, they get something else. So people are coming to us uh, with some amazing ideas, and we learn all the time uh, of how much there is out there in terms of innovation. Um, but there's also the other side is that young people haven't had the benefit of uh, institute education system. They've had to work virtually. And of course, we're biased. We're, human beings are social animals. We like to mix and talk to people, engage with people, hug people, and so on. So it, that means those who are kind of coming out of school, getting ready for colleges and universities, we try and guide them as well, give them some ideas in terms of how they can, in the long term, develop a, a focus on certain careers, such as uh, what, what we know better is about working in the international development community, international affairs, global diplomacy, and so on. Thanks for listening to the Difference Maker podcast with their host, Rafni O'Donnell. You can access webinars to further your knowledge on the latest trends at cawnetworkusa.com. Be sure to click the like and follow button to get updates. And our aim is to inspire accountants to make a difference.